0: Hey, Nathan, i got to admit, I'm pretty jealous.
1: Yeah, I got a chance to hang out with one of the most powerful cars in the world.
0: Yeah, 1,025 horsepower. Yeah. Naturally uh, gotten from E85. I was going to say aspirated, yeah. but I forgot a supercharger. No,
1: no, the, the supercharger is huge, too. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an epic car.
0: Well, I got to go drive the Ionic 6 which is the last next electric car from Hyundai. So, so, so which of these
1: two should we talk about first? Honestly, how many of you people out there, show me your hands, show me your hands. <laughs> how many want to talk about the Demon, the last of the breed, and how many of you want to talk about the ev Oh, I sure. could tell there's, there's not, a lot of car, you know,
0: people want to hear about the electric car.
1: No, 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 no. I don't. Th- I think that um, okay. L- l- why don't we do that first? Let's 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 no, talk about. No, it. We'll, we'll talk about the demon. No, but yeah. but but. but uh, let, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What? Let's talk about the demon. I'm sure you have a rant. Yeah. And then we'll get to the electric car, and then we'll finish with the demon because there's just a lot going on. There's controversy. There's. Uh, A whole bunch of stuff about sales. There was some social media guy there with giant diamond rings who was in front of everybody. (laughs) Um, You know, poor Zach nearly, you know, passed out because of just the amount of walking we had to do.
0: Let me give give you a hint. This took place in Vegas, and they delivered the car via a helicopter. (laughs) That's right. So so we'll talk about that because Nathan was lucky enough to be there. Uh, But before that, we got some hate mail, dude. Oh, no. And and I was not going to bring this up, but this is your fault, so I am going to bring this up. Oh, it's my fault. It is absolutely your fault. Okay. So do you remember uh, Stubby, our our
1: work truck? Yeah. And remember your idea for it? Yes, to make it into a moneymaker.
0: What was your idea, Nathan? Tell them what your idea was. So
1: for those of you who live in urban areas where there's dogs that live in your backyards, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of companies out there that do pooper scoopers. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a good example. Just an example, mind you of a company that would be perfect for Stubby, which is essentially the most basic pickup truck you can get in its class, except for this one has four-wheel drive, which is perfect for Colorado. So you could use it for lawn maintenance and all these other things. And I thought pooping the scoops is good, so or scooping so, the poops. <laughs> so, so you
0: turned it into a dog poop uh, cleanup service truck. To a certain degree. So, And, and you wrapped it with sayings like... Um, we're crappy and we know it. We're crappy and we're, we know it. Think about that,
1: guys. Come on. That's TFL, catchy. turd and turf. Turd and turf. There and, you are.
0: and you put a big sticker of a dog taking a dump with a bunch of turds everywhere.
1: Uh, there's there's uh, six turds on the truck.
0: So I got an email from uh, one of our viewers. Okay. And he said, Dear Roman, why do you allow your wonderful business to be advertised with a turd? Oh. And he keeps going, which many folks will remember. Oh. Why set the bar by being
1: common and base? Common and base. Well, that's me to a T. <laughs> a lot of people don't like my <laughs> humor anyway. Um, guys, there's a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, it's a gag, so get over it. Maybe by a life. But more importantly, seriously, um, it it's aside from the humor of it, there, there's a real point to be made here. And yes, of course, the stickers will eventually go away. In the they do tr- come off. They are <laughs> stickers. They're, they're, they're stickers, guys. But the real point here is that we did want to show that that truck, it could have been anything. It could have been plumbers, and I would have probably put, you know, our crack is there to attack or something <laughs> like that. And that would have actually gone down even worse with some of you people. So this is actually Your crack the... is our crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was going to have a plumbers thing and uh, show a picture of you and then superimpose plumbers <laughs> crack on it or something like that. Oh, I should be stuff. happy with the uh, we're they crack. They be happy with it. It. <laughs> it That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, this It could have been worse. The most important part is that, guys, we came up with this idea. Because we wanted to show, as an example, that this truck is really good for local businesses and small businesses like that. And as goofy as the turd thing is, it still is a real business, a legitimate one. And there's quite a few companies that do it. And it's kind of new if you think about it. So that's one of the reasons we went for it. It could have been anything else. It could have been electrical. It could have been plumbing, as I said before. So... Yeah, I'm sorry. You're sad about that, and you're upset about it, and you think that it lowers the bar, which is already pretty low here. But there's It'd a be reality. much lower, wouldn't it? <laughs> we could have done a lot worse with it. I was thinking about adult toys, but I decided to go against it because we're trying to be clean here. But the point is, sorry, I'm sorry you've been offended, and there are many other people out there. I'm sorry that you've been offended as well. I'm, be- I'm betting all Just
0: the twelve-year-olds who watch our are loving it I loving it yeah. oh yeah they're 12 year olds I think 22 year olds and, and, and let's face it they're going to live a
1: lot longer <laughs> <laughs> they are indeed they're going to watch a lot more videos <laughs> they are indeed so anyway we, but hey if you have a uh, suggestion for the next time we get one of these types of trucks or vehicles that you would like up there send it to us we do read our emails we do read your comments as often as we can and we respond and so if you have something really cool send it our way actually i blame you what was his name gary gary Gary. okay gary all right gene um, i'm gonna call you gene instead of gary because i didn't (laughs) want your name to get out there sorry gary um so gene um here's a great idea next time tfl's doing anything and they do something you don't like immediately let us know and come up with a counter idea
0: counter idea I i kind of feel like he's trying to cancel us
1: Oh, 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 we're not going to go there. But anyways, I'm sorry. I I am sorry that I offended anybody by doing that or the, the other silly jokes that I do. But this is the part that makes Roman interesting, me. So keep that in mind. All right, let's move on, shall All right.
0: we? All right, so let's talk about the demon. But before we talk about the demon 170, um, we have to talk about what the hell 170 means.
1: Oh, okay. So um, for those of you, who, the, the whole name is it's the 2023 Dodge srt Demon 170, that's the whole name right there. And it's the last of the last call. It is the last of the Hemis. Okay. And what they did, in order to make it put out 1,025 horsepower and 945 pound-feet of torque, is you can do that by using E85, which is 170 proof for those of you who are interested Ah. in sipping it. That's where the 170 comes (laughs) in. And that's why the Demon decal on the car... (laughs) has a neck tattoo that says 170. How many automakers have a creature with a neck tattoo? Like, this is really, that's pretty gangster. I wait, love it. Wait,
0: so we we do a joke about a little turdy truck and people get offended. And these guys are, you know, combining alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> last call right right was, last you know, call yeah, part, yeah. and
1: driving you know a major corporation everybody's cool with it oh it's better than that <laughs> because the price of this vehicle yeah. is uh ninety six thousand six hundred oh, and sixty six dollars they did that. that on purpose and, and mark of the beast exactly <laughs> exactly i don't see too many people so burning like, bibles and, throwing them. and satanic it's just awesome i i <laughs> i actually it, it's right up my alley this car is about as heavy metal as you can get it is seriously a, a proper heavy metal car and that respect but there are some issues we will go over those a little bit later but let's talk about the basics of what the car is it is the last of the charger sorry the the challengers and the Chargers. well well, they're all gone after this um it is the last of the hellcats it is the last of the big hemis it's it's done now dodge will build v8s but just no longer the hemis I believe that uh, the Dodge pickup truck or Ram pickup trucks will still have Hemi's for a little while as well. So they're not completely gone. But this car, that's it. So what they decided to do was make it the most powerful car they could, within reason, try to keep the price reasonable. Now, I once said, uh, in one of the interviews, I said, your everyday Joe can't afford. My point there was it was less expensive than, say, anything else that's remotely as powerful as it is. Most cars with this type of power... Yeah, over a million bucks or half a million bucks or something like that, right? Yeah,
0: it's always... I mean, muscle cars have always been the performance bargains, right? Yeah. Be it a Challenger, Charger, Mustang, Camaro... They've always been very affordable, uh, and you know the Europeans would say is because they can't go around a turn, which this one can't. This one is built <laughs> just to go straight, baby. And we would say that makes it more exciting because if you can't go around a turn and you end up in a tree, that makes it cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I really like. Dangerous. Liked, I loved driving uh, Hellcats like the Red Eye. I love driving on around a track because it really it's it's not a car that loves going around corners, but it can do it, and I just like it because it, you're really forcing something that doesn't want to do it. To do it. As opposed to, say, a Camaro or a Mustang that would be much more comfortable going around a street course.
0: So we owned Hellcat for about a year when it first came out. Yeah, the first
1: generation, which was 707 horsepower.
0: 2015, I think it was the model year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, it was an interesting car. Ours was the automatic. And uh, it was great for doing burnouts.
1: It roasted how many sets of tires? Four sets, we went
0: through four sets of tires in yeah. 10,000 miles. <laughs> uh, but it was not great at actually going even quickly down a straight line because there was just not enough rubber. Well, that was one of the you, problems. You couldn't get it to hook up. And that right. was the first Hellcat. And what they did was they put uh, symmetrical tires so you could swap from front to back, which was good because when you'd roast the back, you could put the fronts on. Right, and keep it going. But, but it was not good because if you took it to the drag strip, which is what it was, you know, its natural environment, you basically had to stick it in second gear. Even then you had to kind of just uh, feather the throttle until it hooked up, then flip it into automatic and then floor it, and then it would take off. I think the fastest we ever got it in a quarter mile at a mile above sea level was like in the high
1: 12s maybe, if I remember right. Something like that, yeah. Which isn't, isn't, you know. It's not slow, slow, but it's not not that impressive. 707 horsepower. Right.
0: And so then uh, they came out with the Demon, which Mm -hmm. was a pure, uh, and, and of course, the Hellcat wide body So what they did was they gave it wider tires, and then on top of that they gave it the Demon version, which was slicks, right, Nitto drag slicks. Uh,
1: Well, that was one of the options.
0: You got it in a crate. You got it in a crate. You could could lose the interior, and that car had a certified uh, NHRA time of, I think, 9.6, if I recall,
1: uh, in the quarter mile. Something like that. The thing is, this is basically Demon Part 2, that's essentially what this is. And I know a lot of people out there are upset about the fact. Because they said they, this, this is limited, right? This
0: is limited. And, and now they came out with mm-hmm. one. And that one was 850 horsepower. Yeah. This and now is, they're
1: 175 more. Yeah. This is significantly more powerful. Uh, there's, there's better tech in it, technically speaking. There's something that this car has no car, production car, has ever had. Not a mass production car. No backseat? No. Optional parachute. I know. I'm kidding. Optional parachute. There's a freaking parachute that you can put on the car. In fact, it's required if you're going to go on the drag strip because it's so fast. And and also you have to add the uh, cage, uh, which is part of an option package that you get through uh, Dodge Direct, I think it's, or Direct Connect. Yeah,
0: because at some, like there's rules, right? NHR has rules. If you go below a certain speed, you have to wear a helmet. I mm. want to say it's 12 seconds, maybe. Something like that, yeah. And, and then, it, and the then progress- below, below 9, I think it's like you have to have a roll cage, and mm. then or maybe 10. I, I don't know what those rules are. I'm sure somebody out there knows them. At a certain speed, you have to have a drag shoot.
1: Now, the thing about this car, though, that makes it kind of remarkable, first of all... Is it street legal? It is street legal. Uh, I didn't mention 0 to 60 times. According to, now this is the NHRA that actually has documented this with Dodge, 1.66 seconds.
0: On a prep surface.
1: On a prep surface, keep that in mind, that when you drive on a drag strip, it is entirely different than driving on the street.
0: Yeah, they like spray like this rubbery glue. Oh, they
1: do more than that. They sc- actually scrape the track with actual rubber from tires when these things will go down and make a horrible noise as they scrape and they heat the track and everything else, which makes it super sticky. If you walk across wearing sandals, you will not be able to actually I, exit with those sandals I'm, on.
0: I'm going to take a stab at this. and I probably got it wrong, but I think the stuff they spray on is called like LHT or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Public public public. Public. You can look it up while I do this. Yeah. So anyway,
1: so this car was designed from the offset to be the fastest car they could possibly build and yet make it not only street legal, but also have a proper warranty. It actually has a regular warranty that's very similar to what a regular Dodge uh, Challenger or Charger would have. So you have that. With a car that is capable okay. of doing this, and then on top of that, you also have a car that you can drive every day. Now you go ahead and I'll v- keep going.
0: VHT, mm-hmm. but now it's called PJ One Track Bike, formerly known as VHT. So that was close. Yeah, that was it's off probably. I mean, yeah.
1: You know, I would imagine it's probably like fatal to your health if you get exposed to it too much or something like that. The old it's stuff. a sticky
0: surface for impressive launches.
1: Yep, that's what it does. But you do more than that. You actually You add rubber to the track, and you do a lot of other things to make it and. Everybody who runs on a drag strip gets treated the same way. <clears throat> Pardon me. So this car has a ridiculous amount of intake. The, the actual capacity for the supercharger is three liters. The old one on the red eye was 2.7, which was huge. Just think about that's, this, that's more displacement than most engines and most cars out there. And that's just your supercharger, which takes a lot of horsepower to crank. Uh, but it also takes in a lot of air and the whole point of that, of course, is for speed. Here's the f- crazy part According to the EPA. Do you know what its highway mileage is rated at? I would take a stab seven 21 Really? Yes. Holy cow. I was wrong. I know blew me away Bear in mind that I think that's running on regular fuel now, by the way, you can run the car on E10 you can run it on 93 and it'll automatically detune itself I believe, yeah, nine hundred horsepower and eight hundred uh, ten pound feet of torque. That's all. Um, if let, you
0: let, let me say something important here. Yeah. So this is this is what makes it so special. So so both Chevy with the Copa Camaro and uh, Dodge with the race car dragster build race car versions of these, right? That you mm-hmm. can actually take to the NHRA drag. Sure. Uh, you only take on right, a right, on a trailer. Right. This there. is not that. This is a car that if you want, you can get rear seats. You can put your family. You can put your
1: kiddo into. Yeah, there's there's room in the trunk.
0: Yeah, and there's regular trunk, and you could drive it to church, uh, and then, well, if you've got the roll cage, and the or parachute. your local
1: synagogue or mosque, or mosque just didn't yeah. want to get yelled at, don't or if you're
0: you know, whatever they go to.
1: Right, but the the, the point is is that don't <laughs> the point is is that this car is drivable. Uh, they just let us sit in it and rev the engine. We did not get a lot of time with it. Um, but what limited time I did get with it, the seats, the driver's seat is special. It has a proper harness set up, where, so you are compliant. Um, you can lose the passenger seat. You definitely can lose the rear seats, and then they have an insert that goes in where the rear seats were, which is all carbon fiber, and that creates a break between the cockpit and the rear of the vehicle. Um, the, the whole setup itself just looks, you look at it and go, oh, this is the factory? But well, here's the crazy part, Roman. Inside the car, you see this giant grab handle <laughs> next to the gear lever. That's for your parachute. Now, if you pull it while there's no parachute there, it's not going to do anything. But, yeah, that's what it's for. You pull that, and kaboom, the parachute will go. And you can get a parachute. And it'll basically latch on. You, you lower the rear license plate, and there's a round clip, and you pop it in there and plug it in. And then the parachute sits up kind of high, so it's like about a two-foot bar that's bent. And yeah, after you've done your run, you trigger it, and you have a parachute.
0: All right. Now, um, one of the things you did get to do, and this is of course over at alltfl.com, is you got to interview Tim Kaniskas, who is the uh, CEO, head of, head of yeah, I think they called the head of Dodge brand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you asked him a very good question, Nathan. That is, how are you going to keep dealers from you know marking this up? And the answer is what?
1: He actually had an answer, which yeah. was, first of all, surprising. I don't think it's going to be a complete solution, but it's not a bad idea. And that is that they're going to be giving... Now, remember, there's only 3,000 of these available, if they can make 3,000. Yeah, they're going to build
0: them the, until the end of the factory, in January right. of this year. At, so they're trying to
1: meet that at, at the at, end. In, in Canada, actually, Brampton. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Canada gets 300. So Sorry, Canada, but your population so, is So, so 3,300, fastest Hellcat ever. Uh, ha- fastest muscle car ever. Fastest I, I, car ever. I think
0: these are going to go for 100K over sticker.
1: Yeah. So but it, Tim said what? He said that you will get your MSRP, provided that the dealer understands that they, you will be the one first on the list. So in other words, let's say I call a dealership and I say, I want to buy one of these cars. And I, I ordered it. Yeah. <laughs> versus ordering it. And the dealer... If they don't give it to you for the MSRP, then they pay the price because they're no longer able to get it quickly. The dealership that is at MSRP will get that car as in, in, ahead of the line. And that is really important for certain people. It's not going to happen how, how, very often. How do they, I know, how it. Do they know that? Because, because
0: you're going to order it at MSRP. It's not like you're going to order it order at it 190. You I think it's it. the
1: dealer allotment because what you're able to do is you can go to dodgegarage.com And you're able to actually see the cars at the dealerships, where they sit. And they're holding a few of them, too, by the way. They're pulling a few back to get them to people, possibly the ones who are ordering them at MSRP. I'm pretty sure that already by now, or very, very soon, once the ordering is finished on the 27th of this month, uh, they're all going to be gone and spoken for. But the point is, is that the dealership sort of pays a price. Because you no longer get the car first, or if you do get the car first...
0: The the, the problem are just the franchise laws, right? The the dealers can do what they want. They buy the car from the manufacturer, and then once they own the car, the manufacturer can't really tell them, well, you got to sell it at MSRP. They can say, if you don't sell it at MSRP, we won't give you another one. Or they can say, if you don't sell it at MSRP, we won't give you as many, pick the the vehicle well, of that's kind of the
1: point that's what they're trying to do but, and but,
0: but once a dealer owns it he can mark it up 100k which he or she will do
1: oh yeah I, I i'm pretty damn sure we're going to hear about that but you never know there are certain people that might be able to work with their dealers and try to get something close to msrp who knows but at least he's making an effort to sort of penalize those dealerships and say well you're going to get a lot you're not going to get the first dibs on this then so it's it's hopeful that they'll be able to figure it out by the way that interview is on altfl.com There's two videos. There's one where we're uh, walking around the car. As I said, that was a really brief one where we just had to run around it really quick. One shot and done. But the interview is actually very revealing because it talks about a lot of the other little hidden components of the vehicle and the development of it. And so that one I highly recommend as well.
0: Hey, I just want to mention while uh, we're still at the beginning of this podcast, we do another podcast um, as part of this stream. Uh, So Tommy and Brendan uh, do a Classics Car podcast. I mentioned it last week, but Uh, We got dinged because people thought that we had stopped doing new cars. (laughs) It's just a bonus episode that those guys do on classic cars. So please, guys, if you're listening to this and you don't want to listen to the classic one, don't give us a bad rating on uh, Apple or any of the other platforms because all of a sudden you think that we've gone completely classics. Or if you do like the classics one, listen to that and give us a good rating. We we like to give people choice, right? Nobody's forcing you to listen to this. So we thought, hey... You know, Instead of creating a whole separate other podcast, let's do a bonus episode every week and let's talk about classics. And uh, just want to make sure you're aware of that. So um, let's keep going about the demon before we get to what how they introduced it, because I, I want to get to that at the end of this podcast.
1: Yes, yes. And, I, and there's other stuff there, too, as well. Um, uh, okay, great. Uh, so, but, but, but before we do that, mm-hmm. let me uh, quickly cut
0: to a quick commercial. Okay. And then when we come back, I will tell you about my uh, experience driving home. That sounds good. All right, Nathan. Uh, So, um, hey, uh, driving home, I've got a problem. All right, what was your problem? Uh, And and this happens almost every day. So I I go home, and as part of my route home, I merge onto a bigger road. Mm -hmm. So you're coming, you can going, you know, making a right turn onto a bigger road, and to make that merge more effective what they've done is they've created kind of a a road where you know all of a sudden you go from three lanes i mean from two lanes to three lanes so the idea is you do this thing called a zipper merge Mm -hmm. right so the cars that are already on there are driving and you come along you speed up and then like a zipper you take your pace in that line so you can seamlessly merge onto uh, that road right and it works really well except most of the time it doesn't i'll tell you why can you guess because drivers don't want to let you in no, no, they, they will let you in. That's oh, okay. not the Because what drivers do is worse than that. There's two things they do. One is bad and one is super bad. And and they're both like I, I don't know if we're not teaching super merges or why this is happening, but the first thing people do is
1: they'll get to the merge and they'll stop. Oh, I've seen that where where they're in the merged lane where they're yeah. supposed to go on and they actually stop. There's no
0: stop sign. No. It says merge, right? You get the double. They freak line out. They, they freak out, out yeah. and they stop and I've then seen they sit that. there and they wait for the light to turn red and all this traffic backs up behind them and people are like, "Why aren't you going?"
1: Yeah, and then other people get impatient and they'll pull out of line, cross the double line and merge and of course honk and flip the person off, but at the same time that creates a traffic issue as well. Or I saw something worse
0: happen, and this happens quite regularly too, is they start the merge and then they get to the end of the merge and then they stop. (laughs) And then there's no merge lane. Now you've got to, you know, because the traffic there, you know, you're doing like, you have to speed up to basically 55. Mm -hmm. And now you have no run up to get up to
1: 55. Right. Because they stopped right when they were coming onto the merge lane. Because, well, there needs to. it would be great if there were signs leading up to the merge lane saying, keep accelerating or something like that don't slow down now or whatever but because we just haven't taught people how to drive properly when it comes to merges, that same goes with um, you know driving circles and whatnot I mean people don't well, that I get because to... that, that that is unusual for America no but, but, but it's the, not anymore it's been around for 15 20 years
0: here the other one that, that also I was taught and I don't know if this is a regional thing but uh, left on orange so a lot of people uh, wait you uh, mean yellow. Yellow, left on yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- what I was taught is when you're going to turn left, there's a stoplight, uh, and there's oncoming traffic. You pull halfway into the intersection. Mm-hmm. You wait till it turns yellow, and then you make a left turn. And you can it, it, When it's clear. When it's clear, of course. You don't, like, cut people because off. Because you don't have the right of way. But you 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 know you you can get maybe two or three cars on that yellow light. Yeah depending on the size of that intersection. And and that's a good thing because it you know it keeps traffic moving. Mm. But very often I see people stop and not pull into the intersection and just wait Mm -hmm. for the light to turn green. And if there's no turn signal, you could be there through three, four, five, six traffic um,
1: signals because there's no left turn yeah. arrow and they'll just wait there and then there's not enough space. That's kind of a Midwest Colorado thing I've noticed. Uh, is, it, is
0: it a California thing?
1: You, no, not at all. Really? Hell no. In California, are you kidding? If you do not get the hell out of the way, you might get shot. And <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but there are people who are pretty aggressive there. the, 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 the now I, I know the rules and regulations may be a little bit different, but the common courtesy is when you get to a yellow light yeah. and there's space, you pull forward a little bit. So when There is time uh, for you to turn before it turns red. You can. Or if the light turns red, you make your turn right when it does and you're out of everybody's way. Usually nobody is the worst for it. At least you're one car that's gone. And what a lot of people do here, at least in Colorado, and I've seen them do it in um, other states, especially heading towards the Midwest, is they'll sit there at that light. And as Roman said, it turns green. They still sit there. They don't pull forward at all. A lot of traffic passes them by. Turns the, the yellow and they're still sitting there because nope 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 it's not uh, it, no, I, no no room I don't want to go and then it turns red again. The good news is a lot of lights are starting to use arrows more often than not, especially larger intersections. Which that's different. When you get a green arrow, you go. And I hate it when they look at the green arrow and don't go. I've seen that too. Ugh. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I'm it's not, a good it's a
0: good rant. I've, I've noticed those two things, and I just I was curious if that was like regional or why if, I, th- I think taught? it's
1: kind of regional. Hmm. I I truly believe that uh, California drivers, especially Southern California, um, because that's where I grew up, they're what I call offensive. They're out there to absolutely get it wherever they can as quickly as humanly possible.
0: Yeah, because you've you've got, what, 30 other million people trying to get
1: someplace. And if you don't do that, you're going to (laughs) be on the 405 for hours. In less populated (laughs) places, I think people are a little bit more leisurely about it. And as such, they're not willing to pushes hard as such they're more defensive drivers and i think you know, that's where the problem is you know what else i've noticed mm-hmm. um
0: uh, and uh, i noticed this because you know we have this bolt right mm-hmm. so we bought the cheapest electric car uh, which is a bolt mm-hmm. uh, and i'm seeing a lot of people tailgate me and the difference between driving a bolt on the highway and the, i'm going to give you a great contrast the raptor r is like mm-hmm. night and day right nobody's going to get on the ass of the raptor r and if they do you, you, don't won't even see him. you won't even see them. You won't even see them. But, uh, like, I was just driving uh, the other day home, and there were people, like, you know, three inches from my bumper. Is there, is there something about being in a small or maybe a small electric car that just brings out the worst in people? Because, look, the, the physics of that don't change, right? They change... Badly for me because if I get rear-ended, I have less car. Yeah. But but the, you know the stopping distance for that
1: person tailgating, it doesn't change. Is that just because
0: people feel like they can intimidate you because you're like they're in a big truck and you're in a small car? You're
1: in my lane, and as such, I want to make sure you move out of it because I need to get 19 feet further than you, and I'm willing to risk your life to do it. And have you noticed like? I
0: just did this thing. Here's a here's a pretty funny thing. We were doing uh, a stubby test, which we published that video. That video is great. So uh, Case and Alex decided to find out, you know, what gets better fuel economy, tailgate up or tailgate down. Right. right. And they did a, like 100 a miles of highway driving. Which is
1: the find out thing that we've been doing yeah, for but, a while. Yeah, but,
0: but just by sheer accident, I kind of got... Uh, in the same lane as I was heading out toward uh, the airport. So mm-hmm. I was following him, right? Right. And because there was traffic, there was, you know, you could have gone as fast as you wanted. You could have pushed as many people. But after 50 miles, you would have still been, I would have still been next to that truck. Mm-hmm. Because it, does, it doesn't, it does like, you can't get ahead on traffic. It doesn't work that way. You think it does, but it doesn't, right? You, you, you maybe get 200 feet forward, but at some point when you, uh, do it over a large section of of road or highway. You're going to end up at that same stoplight as the person that you tried to pass. Really, you are. It's just, that's just within the traffic, reason. Within, that is yeah.
1: that is true. I do so think why do I do that. It? Well, I think that uh, there. It depends. For instance, people driving in the left lane when people are behind you and want to pass, you move the hell over because that's a passing lane and that's what it's for. I, I, I think you bring up a good point.
0: Like on the autobahn, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you go faster, you are going to get further. Uh, and you're going to get there quicker. But in America, nobody like uses the left lane as a passing lane. Or at least the people that try to use it quickly find that there's too many people who don't understand that that's a passing lane. And you know, within a few cars, you'll run into somebody who's doing the speed limit or less in mm. the fast lane. And then you got to go to the right of them. And then all of a sudden, and now which you're… Which is the ba- worst place to pass. Exactly.
1: There are signs out there that say, uh, stay in the right lane and less passing, there there are like signs out there reminding you of that. And I noticed that when I see those signs, people start looking at them and going, oh, wait a minute, I shouldn't be going 50 and a 75 in the left lane. And they'll actually pull over to that other lane. There are an awful lot of people that really do generate a lot of hate by being in the passing lane or the fast lane, if you want to call it that. Uh, and going too slow. Even if you're going the speed limit and you think, hey, those guys shouldn't be passing me. I'm going the speed limit. Well, guess what? Maybe they have a really good legitimate reason for going quick. Well, well, so I've, just pull over to the right lane.
0: I've been, I, and, and, you know, I'm going to raise my hand here. I've been that person who has been the left lane hog. And I'll tell you why. Mm. There are certain vehicles that just lend themselves to that. I'll give you an example, right? The Toyota Tacoma, Right. So for some reason I'll be going down the highway and I'll think I'm doing sixty five, which is the speed limit, right? Mm-hmm. And next thing I look down I'm doing fifty five. It's just one of those vehicles that doesn't like going. I I don't know what it is about that. When you notice
1: that, pull over to the right. I know, I know, but you forget. You
0: forget about it. I'm like, I literally think I'm doing the speed limit, Mm -hmm. and then like the transmission and the engine just are like at war with each other, and somehow I end up doing 55 when I mean to be doing 65. I'm not talking about having cruise control on or full self driving. I'm just talking about driving regularly.
1: Right, right, and you know, and that happens. It happens, and uh, that Jeep I used to drive back and forth to work. I'd be in the passing lane, and I just for some reason once it hit 75. It's like, yeah, I'm done. I would rather go 65 or 60, and all of a sudden, I'm going really slow. But the moment I realize that or I realize someone's behind me, that means they need to pass. I pull over and let them go. And it's common courtesy, and you guys should be doing that. And
0: then there are certain cars, right, Mm. usually sports cars that that do the opposite, where you think you're doing... 65, but you look down and you're doing like 85.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's Well, there's a lot of cars where you're going way faster than you think you are. And you know what? This leads me to the next part of this uh, podcast, which is a lot of electric cars are kind of like that. Uh, even though they have massive displays telling you how fast you're going, I've noticed that in some of the ones that I've driven, I've been going a lot faster than I actually thought I was, and one of the examples of that is the Ionic Five I that mean, I drove I mean, across the country. the Leaf. <laughs> no, the Leaf. It's exactly the opposite of that. That Leaf, man. You push that thing hard, and you feel like you're Chuck Yeager trying to break the sound barrier. Hey, hey, let me let me ask you this. What yeah. do you
0: think of those little speed limit signs that flash at you when you exceed the speed limit or turn red?
1: They're really annoying, but I also do. They do a job. And you know,
0: it's a speedometer, right? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And it tells you what the speed and limit. is. And it's often in the navigation system too. Yeah, and if you exceed it, it
0: like starts it's flashing, or it turns red, or somehow it warns you that you're exceeding the speed limit. Yep,
1: yep. I, I hate those. But at the same time, some people need them. And old men like us who are a little infirm and forget about you know things like speed limits, we look down and see this thing flashing and saying, you're going way too fast. are sometimes we, we usually rushing
0: to get to the bathroom?
1: <laughs> We're trying to get to the bathroom so that <laughs> our depends don't have to be used. Uh, but... Yeah, I, it's one of those things where some people actually find it, you know, a hindrance and some people actually like being reminded that they're doing something wrong. It's the same thing with, you know, uh, lane departure warnings and also distance warnings and all those other warnings that cars th- flash at you. Some of them are annoying, but some people really like them. Yeah, so,
0: I, I, I tend to kind of hate anything that's nanny state. Mm, Anything I, I, that kind of like, like is, is, is correcting you like, like you're misbehaving. Somehow. Right, yeah. It just feels like I'm,
1: I've lived through that part of my life and I don't want to be <laughs> <laughs>
0: scolded for,
1: you know, doing something bad. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am trying to think of a larger audience and what some of those people out there would actually find is a good takeaway from that. Now, speaking of, of that and modern conveniences and modern cars and, of course, electric you recently went to an event and drove the brand new Ionic six.
0: Yeah, so uh, interesting car. Uh, it's um, you know let's let's start let's take a step back. Um, I was just thinking and talking to Tommy about like car companies that are really killing it when it comes to electrification. and And by the way, um, gosh, I've been reading so you know every time we do a, a I could probably find one in a second. Every time we do a, an electric car video, like I just did on this one, at least ten or twenty comments, Uh, are very negative about, you know, piece of... put, Put in the profanity of your choice, electric. Electric is not the future. You know this is just and i gotta tell you guys from where we're sitting 20 years from now there will be all electric cars I, oh, not,
1: there will be a lot of them that's for sure
0: unless unless there's some companies out there that are starting up and built maybe Ineos that are building non-electric
1: cars no there's there's other car there's other things like you know there's there's uh, biogas that people are working on porsche for one and some other things that might save internal combustion so, but internal combustion is simply going to get cleaner and by limiting it and making less and less internal combustion cars and making more options where people can have maybe two, a regular gas car and perhaps an electric car, it'll help clean so, the environment so here's, a little here's,
0: bit. Here's the issue with mm. e-gas, e-fuels, right? So e-fuels, there was just a Porsche just did this thing where they invited some journalists and some influencers down to Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's where the plant is. To, to see the plant uh, where they're doing uh, e-gas. It's a, it's a partnership, I think, with Mobile Exxon. Uh, and I love the idea of having carbon-neutral fuel, mm-hmm. uh, which is great, so that basically you're not creating any more carbon and you're not yeah. creating any more pollution. Except uh, there's just a, a huge problem with it, Nathan, and I did some research into it. And the problem is, okay, let's, let's define first what it is. So, what they do is they take water and they take carbon, I think, right? Or you know, they take air and carbon and they, they put them together using vast amounts of energy. And this is where the problem becomes mm-hmm. to create a fuel that then becomes carbon neutral. So, they're taking carbon out of the atmosphere and they're creating a fuel out of it. So, when you burn it, it goes back in the atmosphere, but you're not burning like dead dinosaurs to create additional carbon.
1: Okay. Yeah. All good.
0: Love it. Let's let you drive your demon, right? And keep driving it for the next 50 years. Here's the downside that energy that it takes to do that is four times the amount of en- energy that it takes to plug in your electric car. Mm-hmm. So so that energy has to come from somewhere, right? Right. And, you know, if it comes from wind and if it comes from solar, then it's good, but that wind and solar could be used to generate electricity, which would then be four times more efficient. Right. And the other problem with it is even if you, let's say, you decide to go with wind and solar and so you're not using, you know, energy that, 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 that is
1: burning carbon – the plants in Chile, you still have to truck that stuff well, <laughs> to that, the rest of the world. Okay. so so I, I agree with you in that respect, but also and that also creates the, the carbon. plant itself is is a model plant. It's right. just a start, Pick, and then they're also talking about put one in Ohio. this is early. This is early adoption of this technology. Now, what happened when we first started seeing cell phones 30 years ago? They were the size of bricks. They were heavy. They were almost useless, and they were running on nickel metal hydride. Now they're much more efficient, and they can do a lot more. Progressively, technology over time makes things more efficient. So if they can find a way to start developing this fuel in a more efficient way, which you have to start from somewhere in order to get to somewhere, right? Right. I think that they might be able to find a more efficient way in the future to make this fuel, and then your argument will no longer be valid.
0: But 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 the problem with your argument, and I agree, I, you know, the technology will get better. Mm-hmm. The problem with your argument is that you have two technologies, right? And let's let's do like a comparison, right? You have a car from the 1930s that is a 12-cylinder, uh, supercharged uh, 12 that puts out 200 horsepower. Okay. At the same and at the same time. You've got... Uh, no, 300 horsepower. i say it's even... Th- I'll give it 300. At the same time, living in that same world, right, mm-hmm. you've got a technology which is the to- Toyota RSGR, GR, which is a three-cylinder that puts out 300 horsepower out of three-cylinder turbocharge. One gets like 30 miles to the gallon, the Corolla GR, whatever it gets, one gets eight miles to the gallon. So you're saying, yes, in 50 years, you will get to where the Corolla is, but why wouldn't you just go with the Corolla when you have it? You, you see the problem? You, you, yeah. why, why wouldn't you just use electricity, which is also in every household as opposed mm-hmm. to having to, you know so, so take out a chili. It's not it's
1: not as, it's not that clean. It's 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 clean in the end but, when you look at the end game between an electric car and a gas car. It, it's four it, times more efficient. But, four but, times. But, but but what you're missing is okay. eventually if that biofuel is made at a much cheaper amount, which it might be, if it's made in a less dirty way, which it may be. I agree. If all these things happen, then suddenly these vehicles, and there's over a billion cars and trucks and motorcycles that are out there right now that run on internal combustion fuel. Right now, what if we were able to get to a point where we could power a lot of those older vehicles on this stuff? Right, I'll, give, I'll give you another example. Okay, of so why but I, that's why my it, it's completely valid that they keep trying to see if they can get me, to that point. Let me give you another example of that. Okay, okay. Uh,
0: you live in a city, or you're like me and you love to bike. Mm-hmm. You're still breathing that crap. You're still putting out pollution back into the air. Whereas with electric, if I'm living in a, in, in a city and I've got five thousand cars streaming under my window, mm-hmm. I want those cars to be all electric, Nathan. I do not want them to run on e-fuel because e-fuel is once again putting the same crap that you have in gasoline back into the air and I'm breathing that. Or if I'm on my bicycle and a car passes me, I'd rather have an electric car pass me than uh, a, a a 20-year-old Ford, you know, power stroke because it's going to basically stink me and pollute me off the highway. So, yeah, there are, I think, a lot of good reasons, and I agree with your your your, your arguments, but at the end of the day, I'm still breathing bad air. Those pollutions are
1: nowhere near what they are, the current unleaded fuel. They're they're aiming for almost net zero. I mean, you can even, even look what, at... But you'll get net zero when the car is new, but
0: five years down the
1: road, it won't be net zero,
0: especially if your cat's stolen. Right, you're, you're throwing now. in an, an
1: extra argument to validate a point that's not valid. The, the, my point is is that the technology will may not will, but it may reach a point to where it's usable and it's also more efficient. Now, right now, batteries. Once you've actually made the battery, then I believe they, there was a um, there was a story on Motor Trend, a pretty good one where it's about 75 gallons worth of fuel in order to make a good-sized battery for a car. Mm. and But once that battery is built, then you're sort of reversing course, and the, the electric car progressively becomes more and more efficient to the point to where, after a couple years of ownership, it is far more efficient than the gas vehicle based on the amount of energy it uses. This is a long argument that it's its own podcast. And in addition, what if we can come up with other forms of fuels and batteries and tech that make everything cleaner and you don't have to worry about getting cobalt and you don't have to worry about that stuff and my point is is that but, in the but future the, but the
0: same is happening with batteries you you, you seem so you're at the, you've got the Corolla and you got this old Bentley whatever the hell it is yeah. right they're both progressing. It's going to take you 50 years to get to where the Corolla is, but you could take that that electric car and you can change the battery. And apparently, you can take any two minerals in the um, periodic table and combine them and form a battery. It doesn't have to be the rare earth. Yeah, batteries. they're working on sodium right, batteries right, right now. So 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 yeah, the e fuels are going to get more efficient, but batteries are going to get more efficient mm-hmm. and less less
1: damaging to the popular. yeah. But you're still not thinking about the right now what's currently happening with those vehicles. Well, okay,
0: let's think about right now. All right, let's mm-hmm. talk about right now. I, I think your argument is really valid. You're right. There's a billions. Of, there's, hundreds, there's over a yeah. billion vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, e-fuel
1: today, $40 mm. a gallon. It's not feasible in any stretch of the imagination. Once again, that's today. But as I said, you technology moves forward. A battery that's in this phone, this lithium-ion battery, right? Yes. Used to be extraordinarily expensive. Now you can buy a lithium-ion battery for a few bucks that works in a phone. That's how technology works. That's how demand works you basically find a way to make something cheaper and cheaper so more and more people buy it your profits go up now if you can find a way to make it cleaner which is the whole point here then suddenly you're able to provide a type of fuel if this works if it works mind you that can power vehicles that are currently on the road including saving internal combustion for those people who don't want to go to battery i'm
0: with you i would love to own one of those demons I would, I, you know, I'd, yeah. give, I'd give my... Can you imagine
1: powering that thing on something that's not going to yeah. absolutely annihilate the universe? It's, it's kind of a nice I, idea. I, I,
0: I, would, I would love that. But at the same time, um, even as quick as it is, you could probably build a electric car that will beat that in, in a quarter mile. Well, because, the, because the right now, car. the fastest
1: car uh, so it, it beats is the Play. I, uh, no, the Rimac is, in terms of a mass-produced car, it would be the um, Tesla Model S Plaid. That is a zero to 60 in two second car. Yep. And it could do it all day long until the battery bursts. Um, but that car is not as fast as this one. On the same drag strip, this one should be able so to go faster.
0: Rimac quarter mile, according to the internet, it's, 8.52. Yeah. That one's 8.6. Yeah. So well, a, the a, Rimac any,
1: is not a mass produced car. There's, on, there's only a handful of them. On
0: any given day, I guess it depends
1: on. And, I, I don't count the Rimac, and I don't There's a lot of other. Fly the Navarra, by night. The Navarra, right? Yeah, they're like five or six cars that they built. I, Sorry. No, no Rimac's owned by Porsche now. They're, yeah, not, but they're not fly by night. They are fly by night because how many Rimacs are out there? The guy who runs Rimac now runs How many are out there? They just started delivering them like last month. There's not many out there. Until it's a mass-produced vehicle, it's not a quantity. Anyway, I'm just saying you could probably get those same numbers. You can car. in an electric car very easily. And the thing is, with an electric car, it's like a light switch. You just keep on doing it I'm until your saying, battery heats up. I'm not up. saying
0: it's going to be very fun.
1: <laughs> no, no. But, but, but there's a real point there. And, but I don't want to go into that part of it. But you still haven't talked about at all uh, your Ionic 6. We did promise right, that you would talk about it a little bit. All right, bit.
0: let's do another commercial. Okay. And we'll come right back. All right, so the Ionic 6 is built on the uh, same platform as the Ionic 5. Mm-hmm, which I love. Which is a good platform. And they did something interesting, Nathan, mm. which I didn't know. They shrunk the wheelbase by 2 inches, and mm. they lengthened the car by 8. Well, that's probably for aerodynamics, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. They, they said that they – this is an interesting car. I looked it up. So everybody says it looks like either an Infiniti or a Porsche, right, because mm. it's a sedan. It's a. It's a, it's a kind of a stretched-out uh, sedan. Okay. Uh, and they said that they based it on the Stout
1: Scarab. Oh, I know what that is. That's that three wheeled thing. Uh, it's not, I'll show it to you. Hold on. It's, so. It was built. Years and years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As an aerodynamic exercise. Yep. And if you look at it, it, I could see that. It's a streamlined effect. And so there are a lot of other cars that kind of look like this, too. Essentially, think of a raindrop that's so, so going. Do you,
0: do you see the, uh, that's a stick-out scare.
1: Yeah. I, I, but, and so for those of you who can't see, this is a car, I think it was built in the 1930s. Yes. Um, and it was one of the early adoptions of proper streamlining. And that was also around the time that Chrysler was doing their Streamliner and some other ones. Yep. Um, airflow. Air airflow. Air yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um and then they started streamlining trains and whatnot and they found that yeah, aerodynamics actually helps. It's got a In exactly. this case it's like an a, like a teardrop or a raindrop on its side. And so the the air flows off of it in a natural way which makes it a lot more efficient than its brother.
0: So it's got a uh, the, the US version has a, a airflow um, aero uh, uh, what am I trying to get, what's the word? Your aerodynamic. Drag coefficient yeah. of, of 0.22, which is really phenomenal. 0.22 is
1: better than most sports cars. Yes,
0: and the European, I think, is even less because it's got those little stubby camera mirrors. Oh, the that's right. They don't have to use, yeah, in the U.S., side, you have to use proper mirrors, side mirrors. Yeah. yeah, so that's even better. Uh, and the designer told a story where his boss came in and showed him a picture of this scarab and said, why don't you use that as your design inspiration? Mm. And so that's what they did. Uh, and you can see it. I mean, I can kind of see it in the car, the way that the headlights are formed. Um, so so they built this car, and then they, because, like you said, technology moves on, they actually improved uh, the efficiency of the Onyx 5, m- not just by making it more Arrow by making it longer and stretching it out, but by increasing the efficiency of the motor, of the circuits, so that now the long-range version, get this, gets 361 miles of range.
1: That is really impressive. Is that rear drive? That's rear drive, yeah. The car
0: starts, just for you guys if you're interested, it starts about 43, and the one I was testing, which was the all-wheel drive, which gets, I think, 300... Twenty-ish or three hundred two-ish, one of those two, um, of, of range uh, costs about fifty-eight, fifty-nine thousand
1: dollars. I think mine was fifty-seven. Now, where was that when we drove cross-country from, yeah, from, from California to Florida? Uh, we did the INAC Five had a range of I think it was about under two hundred and fifty miles with the all-wheel drive. Was two hundred and thirty? Does that sound right? Yeah,
0: but so this three hundred sixty one. Wow,
1: that is really impressive. And actually, I
0: drove that car Mm -hmm. uh, because it's the one I drove was I think forty five thousand. I think maybe it was 55. They didn't have a Monroni and we couldn't find one. Oh, but good. anyway, uh, I drove that car, uh, and it actually I liked the driving dynamics of it more than the all-wheel drive one. It just felt lighter and more responsive.
1: Really? Well, it is a lot lighter with with, uh, with only the one motor, motor. Yeah. and there's less restriction too. Exactly.
0: And oh, the other way they did it is they created a clutch where it disengages the front wheels if you've got the all-wheel drive one, so that you oh, you'd, good, less drag. But, yeah, exactly. Exactly, and less um, um, friction. Right. So so. Um, Charging times are also fantastic because it's 800 volt architecture. Okay. So they're saying 10 to 80 percent in like 18 minutes, uh, you know, up to 250 uh, kilowatts of charging. And I want to say the big there's two batteries. There's a small battery and a large battery. And I want to say if I remember right, the large battery is 77 kilowatt hours. Okay. Uh, uh, which you know, getting 361 miles of range on 77 kilowatt 77.4 is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, that, that might is. be that might be usable. Uh, and um, yeah. Just a huge amount of backseat legroom. That eight inches is, that's where it all but went.
1: But what about the headroom because of that shape? Does it impede In the, the front, headroom? it's not bad. In the back, it, you, you gotta do scrunch, have to lean forward, down, don't you? strunch
0: down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's got, get this, it's got over 700 pixels in the design. Oh, you mean
1: in in terms of the uh, infotainment the system? No, no.
0: Pixels in the headlights,
1: and the taillights. Oh!
0: There these, uh, it's, the pixel design is what they're using. That's right. You can kind of retro. You can see it in Ioniq 5, too. And there's 700 of these little squares that make up, like, the turn signals and make up the brake lights and make up the headlights. Uh, it's pretty cool.
1: It is pretty cool. I would really hate to be. The guy has to replace that if there's an accident. Oh, God, yeah. you know, it must be ungodly expensive. But it's, it's a really cool car because one of the things that a lot of people have been worried about is an affordable or somewhat affordable vehicle that can go long distance. Right now, the Lucid Air, I believe, is still champion. It's like, what, 500 miles? Uh, almost
0: 100? 500. It's not affordable by any stretch of the imagination. Not even close. Not so, even close. So, so uh, the thing about this car is it's already on sale. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: but let's let's say the one that I drove, the all-wheel drive, you compare it to a Tesla. Okay. Tesla still gets the $7,500 Tesla Model Y tax credit. Because it's built the, here. Built in Austin. Whereas the Ionic Six is built in Korea, so you're not getting that.
1: If you lease it, I you, believe you can you get, can it. You get, get it, a yeah. yeah.
0: And then and then to make up for that, uh, one of the things they're doing is um, uh, they are uh, giving you two year of free charging on Electrify America, I believe.
1: Okay, but is there a limit to that, or they just like keep on charging all you want? Two years of unlimited charging. Okay, well that's something I guess. That's gonna clog up <laughs> a lot of chargers. They need to establish more chargers. And well, hey, we even know this. Let's,
0: let's just take another quick aside here because I'm I'm really enjoying this. Okay. I was just talking to Tommy, and he was like, well, "Why is Lucid building a hundred and sixty thousand dollars sedan and not a sixty thousand dollars yeah uh, crossover?" <laughs> as much as I love the Lucid, I, I don't. I, I think it's almost like the guy used to work at Tesla, and he's like trying to prove to musk that he can the ceo right Mm -hmm. that he can build a better like model s than
1: musk which he probably has done but congratulations he did it now move on and and get to the next thing. Uh, yeah
0: you know why wouldn't you like rivian do a truck or do a a, a three-row why would you do a sedan or fisker and and that also begs the question you know is this thing going to sell because now you've got a segment that is you know not the hottest segment in America anymore. Mm-hmm. It's dying. No one's buying sedans. Well uh, And you don't have the tax credit potentially. Correct. So but that makes me worry because it's a really good car, but would you, Given the choice, so you know, let, let's kind of lay out the choice, right? You can go to get a Mach E, mm-hmm. you can get an uh, ID4, mm-hmm. you can get the Volvo you just drove.
1: It's pretty good, damn good, by the way. What What, what Volvo was that? Yeah, that was the uh, XC40 40. rear charge. Yeah, yeah,
0: get the Volvo, uh, you can get uh, what else is there in that segment? There's a lot of cars in that segment. What am I missing? Oh, uh, the ID4? Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did?
1: Uh, then the Audi cousin of that, so the e-tron, I guess. Yeah, the e-tron. The that, that's good kind
0: of in the higher-up segment. Uh, you can get the Model Y. And uh, then, then all of Hyundai's cars. And Hyundai has a bunch of electric You get cars the now. EV6. You can get the Ionic 5. The so why, why would you get the sedan? Some people like sedans. Yeah. You think that there's enough people out there? I, I mean, you go to California and you still see them. You go to New York, you still see them. Mm-hmm. But here in Colorado, sedans are far and few between.
1: Well, also in Colorado, we like all-wheel drive, and we like a little bit of ground height so we can get over snow. I mean, that, it's, it's a different need. Um, but I... I know people in California that actually really do prefer uh, sedans. And guess what? California, it's just Southern California alone is five Colorados in terms of the amount of automotive demand they have. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have a massive population there. Oh, I mean, I mean, Texas—they like sedans and pickup trucks.
0: Like, like what? Half of LA is probably the size of Colorado. The entire population.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'd say easily, easily. Um,
0: So I guess you're right. I'm just, uh, it just makes me worry because. Uh, it's a it's an interesting car. It certainly is unique in its styling. Uh, they're way out there in terms of kind of where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just wondering if most people wouldn't rather spend the money on a crossover as opposed to.
1: I would rather buy the Ionic Five than mm-hmm. the Ionic Six because I like aesthetics and I, I kind of dig the way the Ionic Five looks. It does remind me of um, old rally cars from the 80s. But it um, in terms of its dynamics, well, the Ionic Six is a better car. So if I was driving, let's say. And I knew I was going to have to do these long distance runs, and I really wanted to do it in an electric car. The six makes total sense.
0: Yeah, and 361 miles. You I mean, can, that you,
1: you can't sneeze at that. That no. is really good. Yeah, if
0: you can live with the rear wheel drive, because it's only the two wheel drive, right?
1: Yeah, but right. that's what you do in Florida and LA and certain places. Right. You know, yeah. you don't need all wheel drive and, for a lot of that. And I
0: got to tell you, they know how to build a car. That thing looks like it's built out of one piece of metal. All the materials feel expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got two 12.3 inch screens, which you know are very responsive, Uh, every button feels... There's a weird thing. The the window switches are in the middle, kind of like a mini. Yeah, I I
1: saw that. I remember I was scratching my head about that. And I'm not too keen on the stock control for drive and and, and all that. It's weird, but you you get used to it. Now, keep in mind, this is Hyundai Kia. So Kia is about to introduce... They're EV9, and that thing is going to be insane. It's a proper crossover. I mean, it's a, it's a block. Yeah, it's beautiful. So it's exactly three the row, opposite. Three row, yeah. Three row. I think it's fantastic looking, but it's… With C that swivel. Second yes, row but, swivel. But think about how different it is from its cousin, because they do share some components, I bet. Uh, this Hyundai,
0: right? God, this this podcast is going to be so hated because all the muscle car guys are going to be like, why are you talking about EVs? And all so let's EVs. let's loop that back to real quick <laughs> right. while well, so, we still so, have the time. So, yeah, so well, in the last uh, part of this podcast, yes, so now we've talked about the car. Tell me, what happened when they introduced it? Because you were at uh, Vegas at the, uh, the it's strip roadkill road, road yeah. nights, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. So walk me through how they introduced it and okay. what did they do with it? Well, first of all, we were brought in there in the morning. We had access to the car after somebody else took their sweet time having access to the car. And after we got a chance to do that, we got to, we got to start it and, you know, rev it and everything else. But that was it. They put the car away. Then they I, shuffled I heard us. they were
0: really worried about because you got it. They, they they wanted to surprise the world, right? Yes. So they were really worried about like somebody walking by with a
1: phone. And and, and there were some people driving by, and this one guy in this like Mitsubishi, or whatever, a rental one, st- like did a lap around the car while we we're about to film, and you know, oh my god, look
0: at that! And yeah, I, I heard right after we we're done with it, they like like covered it up right
1: immediately. Right, and and that was why we had a cutoff. Yeah. And that was why we you know having access so, to that so car thank was you important.
0: Dodge and Tim for letting us get there early and letting us. And sh- Dave, yeah, and thanks, Dave, yeah, guys. and, and uh, Rick. And yeah. Rick, oh, yeah. well, especially Rick. Yeah, thank so. you very much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, and they were all there, by the way, for this debut. Now, the reason why this is such a big deal, aside from the fact that, obviously, the car, is the fact that they're going to do some special stunts. They love doing that type of thing.
0: Well, I remember so, it does a wheelie.
1: Oh, it, the car will do a wheelie. It will do a <laughs> wheelie pretty damn easily, actually. So... um Anyway, we, we were brought over. They, they had some areas for us to hang out, some VIP places. They even had a place where they were rolling cigars. Yes, I did uh, take a little time out for myself at that moment. Um, and But then finally, near the end of the day, they brought everybody out. The grandstands are full, and they brought out Jay Leno. And Jay Leno did a little shtick about his whole thing with, you know, cars and having certain uh, Mopar components and cars and blah, blah, blah.
0: Mopar or no car? That
1: was some people's attitude. And there are a lot of Mopar fans in those stands. And they didn't want to wait. Well, at 630, that's, I believe, when they brought out a helicopter. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They had a heavy lift helicopter Basically lift up this car on a platform and fly, and fly it over our heads and then take it to the end of the drag strip. This is after all this other, you know, of course, they have got people talking and personalities talking about the debut of the car and the history of Dodge, blah, blah, blah. They get this car to the end of the strip. Everybody's freaking out. It was right over our heads. And unfortunately, we were trying to live stream it, but we lost our stream, which uh, is a shame. So you guys didn't get a chance to see it live. too many people there, yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. Anyway, it gets down to the end of the strip. Then they drive the car past. It does one mediocre pass, and then the helicopter leaves after the car is. Was it, gets it the same up.
0: car that you guys filmed?
1: It... No, it was identical, though. It was okay. the same, same This everything. one's
0: silver and black, but they come in different colors, right?
1: They do. They do have a few different colors that they allow them to be in. However, the reason why it was in this color is to pay homage to the original Dodge Demon and how it originally came gotcha. from, yeah, going all the way back many, many decades. Okay, so then a few minutes passed. What they did is they wanted to warm up the car. They actually had somebody go out there and, and scrape the track. And uh, then they decided to do a couple passes in the car. Um, and what they didn't, and they or they really neglected to tell us, which we did catch on video, is that they had pyrotechnics ready to go. So when they launched the car finally in front of us, and it's just getting dark, all of these cannons with these massive flames explode in front of us, and we're only about 10 feet, 15 feet away from the damn car. So, of course, I'm holding the camera and I'm shaking around and everything else because I did not expect explosions in front of me. I thought the car blew up at first. I, I, I suspect you should have expected explosions, <laughs> knowing
0: knowing the yeah. guys at Dodge. Yeah, I should have expected. <laughs> exactly. It was my fault. It was my – fortunately there were jets flying overhead.
1: You know, yeah, all day long there were jets uh, from Nellis <laughs> flying overhead, which was really cool because there's A-10s, F-16s, F-22s. And everybody – people there – was, there, there's this one blogger who's just like, "Oh man, they they called the air force to bring these jets." No, they didn't call the air force to bring the <laughs> jets for crying out loud. They're there's just a doing ba- maneuvers. There's a military base, yeah. right? But they did have a flyover after the uh, because they had drag racing all day long, and when they they did the national anthem, they did have a flyover. And then later on during the day, there was a flyover of the Thunderbirds, but I don't think that was part of the event. I think that they were, they were just training, too. But all day long, leading up to this, they were doing uh, amateur and mid, you know, mid-level mid uh, drag racing, which was a lot of fun because so, we saw some crazy cars. So how fast did they get it? Did they time it? Did they show you the speed? So what they did is they did not show the board. And one of the reasons why was because they only had the eighth of a mile set up, not the quarter mile set up. And I believe that was one of the issues they had. So what they did is after they ran the car and they already brought it back, they put up on the board its actual stats, not the stats of what it did. Uh, a lot of people in the grandstands were like, oh, that, that's that's bad. Well, what do you expect? I mean, come on. They're not going to show the car in a negative light. What are you expecting? So they did do a pretty damn fast run. It did lift its front wheels, man. That thing took off. And then they did a... A burnout with it leading up to that, too, by the way. The thing had absolutely no problem getting that going. Keep in mind that this car is out of the box pretty fast, but you have to add to it in order to make it even faster. Yeah,
0: so so let's talk about that. So yeah. it doesn't get 1,025 horsepower on street fuel, on regular fuel, right? No, no.
1: E85, in order to make that happen, otherwise it detunes itself. Uh, the car weighs 4,280 pounds. It's not light. And that's even after you put on the, the optional carbon fiber wheels, Front and rear, rear tires though, and check this out. This is the first time that they've gone onto a mass-produced vehicle. They're uh, the Mickey Thompson slicks, essentially. They they are pretty much slicks in the what rear. they're street legal. They are street legal. They have just a tiny, tiny bit of tread on them, it and God you help help c- if you drive it in the rain. You, oh, you're you're screwed, especially with all that torque. So, but you can drive it on the street like this, and then of course you got the very narrow seven-inch front wheels, and the car is not meant to really go around corners fast. If you do that, you're going to have a problem. In fact, if you look at the car, for those of you who are listening to this, the front fenders that normally make for a wide body have been removed, not only for aero, but also to save weight. because you're, And you don't need wide tires in the front. You need skinny ones. So you don't really need the front flares. The rear flares, on the other hand, are needed because you have as wide as they could possibly make Over 11-inch wide tires in the rear, which, frankly, isn't even enough. They probably should have gone to something like 17-inch in the back.
0: Now, with um, the engine, did they do anything besides just add a
1: bigger supercharger? There's a lot more to it. Almost everything from the crank up has been completely redone. Hmm. That includes beefing up the transmission, Uh, The drive shaft, yeah, everything has to be, you know, once you start, you have to keep going. And from what the tech guys were telling me, basically the entire thing, even though it still is a Hemi, that's a, you know, 6.2 liter, it is completely unique to this particular Demon. Yes, it's similar to the previous Demon engine, but that was six years ago. So this one is the newest interpretation of it, as such the most powerful version of it. And so everything about it has been updated, increased, beefed up, and made far more capable.
0: How about the interior? Still the same layout? No, the interior
1: is a little bit different. Now, it's familiar for those of you who have driven really any of the Dodge products that are in a Challenger um, so you have a very similar layout. However, there are extra components, as I mentioned, the parachute thing. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, this one did have a passenger seat and it did not have the rear passenger seats. It had the delete, which was made out of carbon fiber that was placed there, which does save a lot of weight. But the driver's seat itself, it was uh, all leather. It does have an uh, optional, I think it's uh, 11-speaker stereo setup in it. And not that you really want to listen to that when you're able to hear this amazing powertrain. Um, There are some differences with the instrumentation as well because it's a different engine. Also, if you look at the vehicle itself and you actually are looking at the demon that is on the side of the vehicle or on the instrument display inside, you're going to notice it's different because it actually has a red and yellow I and that is a big difference. And also the block in this vehicle, yellow, not red, not orange. Interesting. Yes, which matters to people who are into uh, Mopar, Mopar and, yeah. and demons and whatnot. Um, and then of course it has the neck tattoo that says 170. And once again, that's that that is heavy metal. Uh, it's uh, actually all yellow. I'm sorry, the eyes are all yellow. It just it, it it the way it looks, it almost has a red right, tinge. So, it's more so unusual. In,
0: in the last few minutes that we have left, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, We know that the muscle, e-muscle car is coming, the Daytona. Mm -hmm. They had it at the
1: track, but they didn't let us near it. Yeah, so it's got
0: this, like, front wing that
1: creates downforce. Which looks
0: amazing. Which looks amazing. It's got, I can't pronounce it, but it's got this little instrument that creates, and I've heard it, we've heard it, that creates uh, an electric car simulation of a muscle car. Yeah, it's like
1: a a kazoo or a horn or Or, whatever you want to call it. it. It shoots air through a tube, essentially, to make a certain noise.
0: So, uh... My question is: Is will that have more or less horsepower? Because you could easily get a thousand horsepower. Hell, uh, the Hummer EV has a thousand horsepower. So, mm. will, will they aim for this car, or will they introduce it with less
1: power? I think they'll introduce it with less power, but it'll be just as fast. That's mm. what I think. Because it'll be heavier. Well, it'll be heavier, but it'll have all-wheel drive. Now, if you were able to use this much power, a thousand horsepower, over a oh, thousand horsepower, yeah, drop that time. Down. And yeah, and if you had all-wheel drive, all four wheels kicking in, which is why a lot of guys who take you know. Um, Nissan GTRs and just absolutely soup them up are getting incredible times because you have immediate, immediate hookup. Or, or have you do trucks? Yeah, in some cases. But the point is, is that I think that the they understand that there's a target out there, and they'll probably make detuned, less powerful versions that are affordable. But I have a feeling that almost out of the box, you'll have something that will at least be as quick as this vehicle. Uh, as their top version of their new electric Daytona or whatever they're going to call it. They haven't officially come up. It's a concept. Yeah, it's a technically still a concept. It's but Canada, they had it Daytona there. Daytona SRT, something, whatever. Yeah, is. there's a long name to it. Yeah. They had it there in a line of Dodges that go all the way back to the very first uh, Dodge that Dodge Brothers built. And it was, it was fun stories that they were talking about with the uh, Dodge Brothers, who are some really colorful characters, by the way. Um, yeah. All in all, hey, dude, it takes, a, it takes a lot of balls to put the Star of David as your yeah. symbol. Yeah, well, they're, but they were using it actually as, as a certain—it's uh, t- it, it's a symbol more than just uh, its religious connotations. And the good news is that uh, without them, uh, we wouldn't have the type of battle we have now for horsepower and capability so, and so all that. Here's the official name. This is why. Uh, so I
0: got a lot of crap that I did this uh, uh, Ionic, and I got some of my numbers wrong. I apologize. You know. Memorizing everything for twenty two minutes on camera is not easy when you're shooting it yourself. Yeah, but here's the official name of the e of the new charger. Um, it's the twenty twenty four dodge charger Daytona sRT banshee. That's that's the name.
1: Concept. Concept. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> I would love the name Banshee to be in there. Um and I once again I'm pretty sure what they're gonna do is they're gonna have a variety of different ones from a lower tune affordable one all the way up to the absolutely insane one that'll be able to duplicate or at least come close to these numbers.
0: So 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 if we if we, you know, could get our hands on one of these, which we're not, but if we could mm. w- will we sticker it up. <laughs> TFL turd and turf, or will we go with something else. I would almost want to do
1: that just to piss people off. Just, just add some dog, you know, or have an image of me with the dog sticker about to apply it to the car with an evil smile. The, the, face. The, 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 the
0: fastest dog service in the West. You will get scooped before you know it.
1: Um, no, nah, I, I would leave it alone. I, the car is far too precious because you know these things are gonna be I mean 3,000 we only get 3, a lot more emails, emails. <laughs> yeah we're gonna get a lot of hate for that um, but you know and, and the, the, what's a real shame is that we know that you guys do prefer certain types of content and a vehicle like this I, I do think would be an, an awful lot of fun. but I mean let us know in the comments below if this is something that you would want us to even review or is just something like yeah, it's too sad. I don't want to talk about it because let's face it. This is it. It's over. After this, no more suit Ex- for you. Except um, you know,
0: you know this right? The story Dodge is being sued because they said they wouldn't build anymore. Oh, <laughs> okay. that,
1: that was that was with the uh, demons. Yeah, with the your uh, Durango and all that, and, and, they, and, and, they and did. the demon. They both they have both have some issues. They're working on it. They're sorting it out. So I would say it's never over. I, I, look, I,
0: I don't want to talk about the lawsuit. What well, you know, I, I feel like it, that the problem with that is if you're a, if you're a fan of. Um, of, of Daytona's, uh, not Daytona's, if you're a fan of Hellcats, right, mm-hmm. uh, be it Durango's or cars, uh, and they decide to build more, then you're like, hey, I get to have mine. The problem is if you already owe one, then you feel like they've just taken...
1: And they're, they're working with uh, owners to try to compensate and try to figure it out and all, everything else. Look, I, I don't want to get into that, but not, I don't, I don't to, care. I don't want to get into like... No, a, I don't, I don't like care a, about a, them because but you know why? It, it cuts both ways. Uh, we get more. That's what's important to me. More are going to be on the street. I don't care about that. I'm sorry, guys. I know some of you guys are like, I wanted my the, my trailer queen so I could show it at car shows and eventually sell it for three times the profit. You're probably not going to be able to get because that now. I think you just put your
0: finger on it. It's people saying that their value of the car went down. But mm-hmm. then, then to me, uh, it's like, you know, Crimea river, right? You you got yourself a car. Not because, it's an investment. Because it's an investment and not because you wanted to drive it. In fact... If it's a commodity, you probably aren't driving it. And as a car enthusiast, you know, I hate cars that are bought and then stay in a private garage somewhere and they come out five years from now at Bear Jackson. And
1: I can guarantee you a majority of these will do exactly that. So, they will. None of these will cr- uh, crack over 10,000 miles.
0: Yeah, so I don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy for people who are, you know, who are out there saying, hey, that's not fair. I, I'm kind of like, you know, buy the car, drive the car, love the car. But if you're going to stick it away in some garage somewhere just so that you can sell it for, you know, twice or three times or four times, more power to you. But don't expect me to cheer you on.
1: Nah, I'm not going to cheer you on. I'm going to say this. More cars on the road, happier Nathan. That's all I got to say about that. Now, let's just wind this down with something that's going to be happening. By the time you hear this, we're only going to be about a week away from doing the Easter Jeep Safari, speaking of uh, Stellantis and Mopar and all that. and I haven't told you the good news yet. Oh, yeah? What's the good news? The good
0: news is, you know, there's a... uh, there's an anniversary wrangler. Yeah. It came out
1: in Chicago, and they, they, they make two flavors of it.: Yeah, the uh, AEV. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, the 392 and the uh,
0: 4by-E. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, uh, my, our man Scott called me and said, "Do we want to drive away?" Oh, And guess which one I chose.
1: The three ninety-two. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You know, there was one on the track, and I actually, I, 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 there was one that did a a pass at the uh, eighth of a mile. So
0: we're going to get to drive a three ninety-two back to Colorado, and then of course have some fun with it here. I'm I'm super oh, excited. Hell yes. Yeah. Exactly right. That's
1: wonderful. Okay, well, you heard it here first, guys. Thank you so much for watching. I'm sorry that Roman was in such a terrible mood and bickered with me because he was wrong. But the good news is we'll be coming back to you with more of these broadcasts hey, in the near future.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm good with it, Nathan. <laughs> Why don't you fill up that 3 or 2 with eFuel out of your own pocket if you're so <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only 40 it's, bucks a gallon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say it here I'll say it again. It's going to go down, I think. All right, thanks, guys. Right. Let us know what you think in the comments below. We do read our comments. All
0: right, see you next time. Ciao. We'll see you.